Hello, all you positive heads out there. So glad you could join us for today's episode. It's guaranteed to be a unifying experience since we have the founder of Unify.org, Patrick Cronfley, on the show. Uh, Unify is a, a very special organization because they unite people all over the world by acting as a platform to facilitate uh, synchronized meditation events. Hello, Patrick. Welcome to the show. Hey, thank you very much for having me on. Ah, thanks. Thanks so much for being here. Uh, when we, you know, recently met, I was uh, fascinated to learn what you're doing by syncing up group meditations all over the world. That's that's quite quite the feat to do, and uh, very very curious about how you go about doing that. And um, yeah, so I, I'm I'm really you know happy that you're willing to let me pick your brain for a little bit here and uh kind of share your story with the world and my listeners and i guess you know first things first the best place to start is you know how did you get started with such uh such an amazing project like this now it all started with a uh, a realization uh and i'd already gone through a huge transformation in my early 20s that led me down the path of personal growth evolution and service to the planet and mm-hmm. uh, about six, seven years after that, I was, uh, I was here in Austin, where I'm based. I spend about 30 to 40% of my time here. And I Austin, had a so- Texas? Yeah, Austin, Texas. Okay. Gotcha. And, Great town, uh, by the way. Yeah, I love it here. It's an amazing town. And uh, I had a solar energy business at the time. And oh, wow. uh, I got back from a two-week trip to Prague in the Alps for a friend's wedding. And, okay. and I got back to Austin into business and I was like, man, this is, this is not it. You know, I'm not like feeling alive. I don't feel like, like I'm on my purpose. Right. 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 So in that moment, I, I just decided I was going to start following my inspiration and that whole Good idea. year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I was just going to trust it, you know, and see where mm-hmm. it led me. Uh, and, you know, uh, had an amazing journey that year. And later in that year, I went to India for a month. Uh, oh, wow. I spent half the time, uh, you know, focused on uh, helping develop this school in a village outside of Delhi. And okay. I spent some time at this oasis in the middle of the desert. Uh, and then I also spent time in the Himalayas. And this entire trip, I really took time to reflect and see like, what, what are the gifts I have to give to the world? And like, what am I meant to create? And uh, every morning after my meditation, I just allowed my inner guidance to lead me and led me to such amazing journeys. Yeah. And conversations and experiences that I started developing a trust in that inner guidance and following it wherever it led me. And uh, something else that really happened on that trip that was magical it was meeting people from all over the world that shared the same vision and perspective I had for what was possible for this planet. Yeah. Right. And so it gave me a sense of like, whoa, there's like a global tribe, you know, that yeah. uh, all have the same vision of what's possible for our planet. More and more coming online every day, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. We have millions, millions and millions that I'm witnessing, you know, come yeah. realizing that like our our inner peace, our inner happiness, our inner wealth, our inner strength, our inner abundance, our, you know, our inner joy is is uh, worth spending time cultivating. 
And in Absolutely. doing so, in collective, you know, experiences, we create like very blissful experiences together. Sure. And uh, and so, and then every system that gets created on the planet can be informed from this place rather than from a place of division and pain. Separate, uh, yeah, unification as opposed to separation mentality, right? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, so, so much of all what's happening uh, on our planet, you know, it has been happening forever and it's happening less and less and we're evolving out of is the notion that there, there isn't enough and that we've got to yeah, fight right. for resources or fight for happiness or fight for love. And, uh, you know, the truth is there's more than enough for all of us. Absolutely. If, Absolutely. if we work, work together, right? We could end world hunger tomorrow if we just took a fraction of our, you know, military budget and took all these resources that are dedicated towards how do we destroy each other and instead funneled it in, into how do we create, a, you know, a sustainable worldwide, you know, infrastructure. It would it would end overnight. It's it's wild to think about. Yeah, exactly. We're, we're doing a similar calculation in Unify. We have a project where we're helping fund wells in India and Africa. and. Oh, wow. We uh, we calculated that it would take about 005 percent of the amount of money that we spend on war every year as a planet to be able wow. to build enough wells to provide water for everybody that needs it. Wow, that's an incredible number. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Uh, and those solutions exist, and they're they're not going to be widely implemented until, on a mass scale, us as human beings heal the division inside us, you know, until right, right. we're peaceful and we feel whole and we feel good inside, then, then all the systems are going to start reflecting that. And that's what we're Absolutely. seeing in Unify. And that's kind of like what really inspired me to, to create everything that we're creating is because we're seeing a naturally merging movement of people coming together and connecting in this way. Right. And uh, so oh, our intention is, and my personal intention is never to uh, change the world, really. Uh, the, the reason that we organize global synchronized meditations and days of action is because we love meditating and we love meditating with as many people as possible. And we are seeing that this is a natural emerging movement of good that's happening on the planet. And we're just inspired to be at the forefront of it. And as a result, uh, things get created through us like Unify to support it. Right. Uh, so back to India, I was uh, on the airplane flying back to the U.S. over the Atlantic and I was meditating. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's just like a, a vision came to me that I was going to be part of bringing a whole bunch of people together at the Texas State Capitol. And it wow. was around raising, it was around, you know, connecting and raising awareness and consciousness together. Mm -hmm. And uh, I got back to Austin, and two other friends had received a similar vision. One of oh, them wow. had received a vision a couple days prior to go into the Capitol Dome with a bunch of friends and ohm inside the dome. Wow. And, and another friend had received a vision and idea to organize a flash mob meditation at the Capitol. Wow. Oh. Open. All separately, without discussing your your individual kind of uh, visions, you came. Well, uh, eventually you did, and realized that all of you were receiving these kind of uh, 
this, these inspiring visions simultaneously or yeah. close to it. Yeah, exactly. Wow. It was incredible. That's incredible. Yeah, yeah so that it is was incredible. Just, it was just like a testament. Like when I, I saw this happening, I was like, whoa, like, you know, inside myself, I was feeling and thinking like, whoa, it came to three of us separately. It means it's going to wow. happen whether we do it or not. Right. 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 And uh, so, you know, uh, you know what? Uh, so Ben uh, was one of them uh, a month later in January of 2011. He created mm-hmm. a Facebook event. Okay. And two days later, I showed up to the Capitol and it was one of the most beautiful things I ever witnessed. There's like 70 of our closest friends spread throughout the front lawn of the Capitol wow. as an hour silent meditation. It was completely leaderless. All of us coming with our own practice, with our own intention. Wow. Uh, and then uh, something that was really, really magical that I was witnessing, and that was the impact that uh, this meditation was number one, having on me as an individual, mm-hmm. as someone that's mm-hmm. been meditating, you know, for, for years up to that point in kind uh-huh. of like, in like a studio or in my house It kind of like, it felt like we were all coming out of the caves and coming to unify together to bring like the, the positive vibrations out into the world. Sure. And it was kind of, it had like an exciting kind of revolutionary feel to it for me sure. meditating in sure. public in a group. And I was seeing and witnessing the impact that it was having on the people around us, like families from all over Texas that were coming to visit the Capitol. Yeah. And the, the kids and the adults and the security guards. And there's even like, uh, I have a f- strong flash of a, a army guy with a machine gun just standing there. Wow. Allowing a, like a new stream of consciousness to flow through. Wow. And, uh, you know, after <laughs> the meditation, yeah, it was really powerful. And afterwards, we went into the Capitol, created a circle at the bottom of the dome, and everyone started oming. Wow. And uh, for those of you who haven't been inside a dome, uh, the, the sound vibration in there really, really resonates very powerfully. And I Gnome could- dome. Oming the dome. <laughs> and uh, it was, you know, it was really, really powerful. And afterwards, I, I, I turned to the guys. I'm like, hey, guys, this is awesome. Let's do it again. Yeah. Uh, and so we did it again. And, and the next month, uh, over 300 people showed up. Wow. Yeah. And, uh, that, and that, that was the beginning. That was the beginning, you know. And pictures and videos just started spreading on Facebook from the first event. And seven other cities joined us randomly the second month. Wow. Yeah. So, so it really started self-organizing in, in some sense. No, yeah. It was, it was very much self-organizing. And I was like, whoa, something's happening here, right? So I just started yeah. creating resources and tools, web page, uh, Facebook page, and just started you know, supporting other people around the world that were contacting us and was like, hey, we want to do this too. And I was just like, okay, cool, awesome. This is what works in Austin. And Austin, and here's some cool resources. And here's the story. And this is what I believe is possible. And wow. you know, it, and then the next month, it jumped to 16 cities. And then you know, someone organized one in New York in Union Square right in the middle of rush hour. And hundreds of people showed up. And wow. uh, kind of sparked to 24 cities. And then someone in London organized one in Trafalgar Square and close to 800 people showed up. And it sparked to 54 cities, then to 78 cities, then 108 cities. And, wow. 
uh, within eight months, it grew to 250 cities. Wow, that is incredible. Yeah, it that, was that, truly that, that is a testament to the idea, you know, the concept that nothing is more powerful than an idea whose time has come. Yeah, exactly. It was definitely the time that had come. Like I, we weren't doing any marketing. It was like literally like it was just like exploded by itself. And I was just trying to keep up with serving the whole thing. And yeah. I'd say about 60% of the people that I talked to, all those organizers in the early day, it was a similar story. They were meditating and they had a vision that they were supposed to take their community out into public and meditate in public. And then they went online and found out that it was already happening and then emailed us. Wow. Yeah. That, that, is, uh, that is such a, such a powerful validation of what you're doing. Yeah, it was, it was, it was just, it was such an honor and such a blessing. And I was just like, so just like in my element, you know, like going full speed. Yeah. And, you know, I was raised in an entrepreneurial family. So I was, sure. I was blessed to be able to have like organizational skills. And, you know, I also have an MBA. So I was able to incorporate, you know, a lot of, you know, things I learned while I was getting my MBA and kind of like sure. supporting this movement to grow, you know, right. and have a foundation. Right. Right, and uh, and and that this was before Unified. This was called MedMob, short for Meditation Flash Mob. Okay, cool. And then later that year, uh, Occupy happened, and okay. and you know MedMob quickly grew from 250 cities to 450 cities in two months. Wow. Yeah, and uh, and uh, and and then. I ran out of money, <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> and so I started. I started focusing on like it, I kind of put MedMob uh, or MedMob itself got put on, let's say, uh, auto responder mode, and kept mm -hmm. on slowly growing. And I started focusing on business again, and I mm -hmm. met my my current business partner, who I started Unify with. First, we worked on a couple media projects. He comes from a media tech background. Uh, okay. and, and then later in that year, towards the end of 2012, we created Unify and got Unify.org. And December 21st of 2012, we launched Unify. And that's how it wow. all began. That is an incredibly inspiring story. Um, if someone wants to get involved with Unify now, how, how do they do so? Uh, you go to unify.org and there's, mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's a, a main email list that you could sign up to find out about our campaigns. You could also sign up as an organizer to bring your communities together. There's now 3,188 organizers as of an hour ago, which is awesome. 3,100. How many cities is that? Uh, you know, that's a good question. I haven't done the calculations. I'd assume it's, you know, over 20... 800 cities. We don't have a lot of wow. double organizers in each city. Right. Wow. That's, that's a tremendous uh, reach in such a short period of time. Yeah. Launched in 2012 and been growing ever since. Now we, uh, do, we don't do them every month because uh, it's a lot of heavy lifting. And now we, sure. we incorporate a lot of uh, media and social media and building a tech platform to support the movement. And so we kind yeah. of hold hold the beats of the solstices and the equinoxes. The next big thing okay. we're doing is on June 21st, which is the first International Yoga Day. 
Uh, okay. So we'll have a global synchronized hour of yoga and meditation with lineages all around the world uh, creating their own experience. Interesting. And, and, uh, and then, you know, so, soon after that, we have, you know, the next big event for us is on September 21st, which is the International Day of Peace. Uh, last mm-hmm. year, we had 1,167 events around the world. Wow. People were organizing experiences of inner peace and then taking action to create peace in the world. Yeah. Wow. So, okay. So this next one, June 21st, you said um, national, that's like na- uh, the National Yoga Day or something, right? Yeah. It's um, inter- International Yoga Day. It's, international it's, Yoga yeah. Day. Prime Minister Modi of India uh, went to the UN and got it as an official day in December. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. So that's brand new. That's mm-hmm. a brand new thing. Um, have you have you ever synchronized an event? Uh, you know, uh, something like a discipline, like yoga. Have you ever synchronized a, a discipline alongside of meditation like this, or is this the first time you you've done this sort of thing? Um, well, we kind of create it as an open platform. So in the beginning days of MedMob, it was specifically meditation flash mobs, and we kept the format really simple. And it was like one hour of silent meditation followed by 11 minutes or longer of oming. And then once, okay. once it became Unify, it, it expanded to whatever type of experience someone wants to organize that's in line with, the, with their you know, spiritual upbringing or culture. So it's like global synchronized moments of prayer, you know, indigenous ceremony, meditation. Uh, we I really see. keep it as an open, open platform. Uh, I see. So it's not necessarily everyone doing the exact same thing uh, at the same time. It's it's a loose, um, you know, it's 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 loosely, you know, uh, synced up. And and I could be doing some sort of a prayer ceremony at the same time where someone else is in complete silence, where someone else is group is you know out in public now is it currently with with a flash mob that's a public kind of display is is it still that format or is it it you can be having a private group or in public or it's pretty much anything yeah there's it's pretty much uh whatever someone feels like organizing now usually they do organize in public uh but they're much less flash mobish in nature now right um, than before i mean Last year for the International Day of Peace, a, a lady organized a horse ride for peace with all our friends. Oh, wow. Another lady cool. organized like a jazz class for peace, a jazz dance class for peace. So even though the majority of things are like meditations and prayers and indigenous ceremonies, mm-hmm. there are other like random events that happen. And there are times when we do invite something more specific. For example, we're organizing a meditation with Deepak Chopra on July 11th, and it's a specific meditation focus on compassion. And oh, cool. uh, he's going to be, we're going to be, and that one's more of an online experience where people will be tuning into a broadcast that's led by him in a couple of oh, wow. minutes. Wow. Okay. So it's that one, in that, in that sort of instance, it's, it's a more, it's more um, structured, so to speak. And everyone is kind of tuning into the same sort of uh, program or intention. Um, as opposed to it just being broadly peace, it's like, okay, we've narrowed it down to this particular element of peace, compassion, and here's someone who's actually going to group lead the experience. Is that, is that an accurate way to describe it? 
Yeah, that's a, that's an accurate way to describe it. And you know, and, and for our days, it's also there is some structure to it that we recommend. Like for example, for World Water Day on March twenty second, we recommended that groups around the world go to live sources of water and pray, meditate, and hold ceremony at live sources of water, and then collaborate cool. with local water organizations to create projects and lasting change. So we do recommend some structure, but we try to keep the balance of structure and openness. That way, as many communities can feel like they can engage in, in their own flavor. Right, right. Wow, that's that's great. Now, as far as these more structured, uh, for example, the one with Deepak Chopra, where it's a live um, broadcast, is is that a lot more complex on your end as far as you know, getting that broadcast out there, making sure that you don't crash you know, your servers and things like that. I mean, do you have a, an estimation or have, have you ever done that sort of thing before? Is this going to be the first time? And if so, what would be your estimation of, of people that you expect to be tuning into that live broadcast? Uh, well, we did a, a live broadcast with uh, Deepak Chopra last year focused on okay. peace. And uh-huh. 139,000 people registered for it. Wow. And they actually got the Guinness Book of World Records involved. And so we broke wow. the Guinness Book of World Records for the largest global Whoa. synchronized meditation. Congratulations on that. How cool is that? Yeah, that's pretty fun. And and to be honest with you, uh, we don't we don't carry a lot of the burden of creating the actual events itself. The Chopra Center completely created all the infrastructure and the, the streaming structure. And, and oh, we, wow. we, we had the blessing of being more of like the, the marketing arm of I the event, event where you know, we galvanized the world audience to tune in for the broadcast and they focused on the actual event itself cool and taking care of like the infrastructure, yeah. Now, you've also had some pretty big figures like uh, Guru Singh and, and some others um, that have helped with, you know, uh, the, the synchronized meditations, correct? Yeah, that, that's correct. Uh, we, we typically partner on each of our events with some of the, the major spiritual leaders around the world to, to share the meditations with their networks. Uh, and mm-hmm. then, and then for, uh, we, one thing that we're really proficient in is our social media strategy. So we create a lot of quote picks from these different spiritual masters uh, uh-huh. and, uh, and, and we propagate it through social media and we've got, uh, an event coming up in, in early July with probably the most prominent figure in, in meditation and, and mindfulness that we're going to, we're going to launch close to yoga day that we're excited about. Oh, wow. So that's something that is yet to be announced. Yet uh, to be that- announced. And it will probably be our, our, bi- our biggest global meditation yet. Wow. That's, uh. That sounds exciting. So I guess uh, the best advice to give on that is everyone stay stay tuned to unify.org when that, when that news breaks. Um, now, do you have any kind of, this is something I'm curious about, do you have any kind of feedback me- mechanism to track how many uh, people participate in your various events? Or is it, is it just too, too much going on in too many different you know, ways that, to, to do that? You know, that's, that's been the, the, the question of the year, you know, or the right. two, three years we've been doing this. And we always know approximately how many events are being organized because we have a map technology that we've built that organizers register their events to. Uh, and then uh-huh. now 
organizers put in an estimated amount of attendees who are able to estimate. Um, and uh, what we, we are doing is we're, we're actually, we've architected and are raising funds right now in the Silicon Valley mm-hmm. to build, build a whole tech platform to support oh, cool. our, our global synchronized days of meditation and action. Uh, and, wow. and when that platform is built, we'll be able to more easily quantify because everyone involved in the meditations will be able to engage in, in a deeper way. Very cool. That That's that's super exciting. Um, now, do you have an idea of how many then that you have conducted to date? Hmm. I, through Unify, since Unify launched in 2012, we've done 12 uh, campaigns, global synchronized okay. campaigns. Yeah. Wonderful. And, and and you had mentioned earlier that you typically schedule the meditations on solstices, equinoxes. Why why is that? What about those particular times do you, do you find significant? Well, uh, we found that doing an event once a quarter uh, for now uh, is mm-hmm. is uh, you know very doable for us, and kind of creates we got we've gotten in the rhythm of that. Uh, you know, and then for you know many, 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 many generations, the solstices and the equinoxes have served as a sacred time to sure. to connect, you know, as a community and and create momentum and set intention. And it just so happened that those days are also some of the major days that we could galvanize a lot of momentum. So, so the equinox on March twenty first, twenty second is World Water Day. You know, mm-hmm. June 21st is a whole bunch of things. And now it's International Yoga Day. There's 250 sure. million people who practice yoga. So it's an it's a huge opportunity to galvanize a whole movement to come together and synchronize. Yeah, uh, that makes total and, sense. And September 21st is the International Day of Peace. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, just galvanizing as many people as possible to come together in inner peace, we believe, is the first step towards manifesting external peace. Mm-hmm. And of course, December 21st uh, is kind of our launch date, and we're going through the process of creating what we call World Spirit Day, uh, just a, an interfaith day of the divine where everyone around the world connects to the divine or to their deeper self in their own way, you know, in their own lineage, in their own tradition. Very cool. You just said inner peace is the first step towards achieving external peace. Um can you elaborate on that? I mean, if you know how, let's say I'm someone who's new to all of this. I haven't really meditated. I love the idea of you know cultivating more peace in inside myself and you know in you know in general external of myself. What would you recommend? How would you recommend that someone start? Yeah, so I, I could speak from from my my own experience. Uh, sure. And I, I would say that the, the number one suggestion that I give to people that are just getting into meditation uh, is really the most important part is to take, you know, just start out taking a few minutes to be nowhere and do nothing. Right. You know? And that's really the first step, just to take a few minutes for ourselves, you know, yeah. just to clear and relax. And it could right. even just be listening to my favorite song for five minutes and unwinding. Right. You know, it could be right. a, it could be an eighteen minute power nap at three p.m. every day. Right. You know, that just 
unplugging from everything and just and just going internally. And and I and there are so many amazing meditation courses and you know, that that someone can take. I recommend going and learning from a physical person how to meditate, and okay. and going to as many different uh, teachers as possible until you find someone that you resonate with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for me, meditation. Some people get frustrated when they first get into meditation because they because we believe that it means like stopping the mind from thinking, right. which is biggest biggest. Uh, uh, you know, you hear that more than any other thing when it comes to meditation, and I've been guilty of saying that very thing. I can't. You know, it's hard to quiet my mind. It's hard to quiet my mind. Yeah, and and uh, the mind quieting for me is only one of the many results of meditation. Mm-hmm. And it's not something that I try to do. It's just something that just happens as a result. Right, right. Uh, and uh, back to, so I, I just highly, the, only, the best thing to get deep into meditation is a commitment to mm-hmm. ourselves. Uh, and, you know, so we're so focused on what's going on in our external world. It's, I think it's important to take some time to focus on what's going on in our internal world. Absolutely. And it's painful at first. It's really tough because there's so many patterns that we've developed through our life and so many patterns that have been passed down to us through generations that are really, really dense, emotional, physical, mental patterns that as soon as we start letting go of the outside world and turning our attention inward, those patterns come to the surface. All the stuff we've been hiding from, all this, it, it just comes right to the, the tip of our mind, to the tip of our hearts. And we even feel right. that like physical pain too when we first start meditating. And it's right. everything we've been hiding from. Right. Uh, and for, for me, it's just, it just takes super amounts of, of dedication. And, and for, for me, I, I, it had to be uh, like some really hardcore rock bottom experiences that I had to experience at the age of 20 that created the mm-hmm. opportunity for my ego to start imploding in on itself. It wasn't like I, I would totally respect people that somehow got on this path without having to experience something traumatic, you know? Right, right. Uh, and, and, then, and then to go back to the, the notion of how, how inner peace creates external peace, I just noticed that inside myself, and inside my life, that any time that there's some type of aggression or pain or anger that I experience in my external life, it's a direct reflection of a pattern inside me that's coming to the surface to be released. It's like an, yeah. it's a natural evolutionary process. And if I'm unconscious of that process, then what happens is I get stuck in the reaction and I fight Absolutely. With, with, with something in my external world and I get hold on to it and I resist it and instead of, you know, allowing it to just move through me. Sure. Yeah, I, I am very fond of that subject because, you know, I'm such a firm believer that everything external is simply a mirror of your internal state. So people, most people are reacting to these external things in their life, but really those external things in their life and those people and events and so forth are, are mirrors of something, some aspect of their internal state. So, you know, it really is true. I found it to be, you know, 
a very true statement that, you know, if you want to change what's happening external, you go within and you, and when something is happening external, I'm always saying, okay, how is this a reflection of me? How is this, you know, whether good or something that's difficult, how is this a reflection of me? What, what is it that it's showing me that I need to work on? And when I approach it from that uh, perspective, it gives me a whole different light in how I view instead of, you know, this victim mentality. It's like, okay, uh, everything is a reflection. Um, and this is reflecting some part of myself that I need to address. And I, I typically can find the correlation and it helps me to, to process and deal with, you know, whatever it is uh, that needs to be dealt with. And I think that's a huge, huge point that you bring up. So I just wanted to kind of chime in on that. That's, um, the, you know, one of the, the, the biggest turning points in my own life, realizing everywhere I go, I'm there waiting for myself, you know, in some, some uh, way, shape or form, every person, place or event is a reflection. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that reminder. It's like we, I feel like, you know, I'm being moved through this world, right? There's a, like a very strong energetic force that's undeniable, you know, even now in science that's moving up from the earth and moving down from the stars and the galaxies and all that and connecting to the core of the earth. So we're, and then there's gravity and then there's gravitational pull of the sun and gravitational pull of all the stars. And so we have all this energy that's moving through us at all times and kind of moving us through the earth. And this, this energy that's moving through our body is also moving through all these patterns that we've, we've developed. And as it moves right. through these patterns, it, it attracts like patterns to, to connect yep. with, you know? Yep, yep. And uh, it's just, it is such an amazing, fascinating experiment. And so that's one other thing, like, I really uh, inspire or invite and people that are just getting into meditation is it's like a, it's like an adventure. It's an experiment into the internal world and how the internal world plays with the external world. And it's fun. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, uh, you know, and of course you have some people who, some of these kind of concepts are are hard for them to to grasp or, or just not you know really familiar in their typical uh, in their nature to kind of think in these ways. So I always find it really interesting for for some people you know they're so science based and you know even if you're looking at the science of it all, I'm sure you've seen studies in recent years talking about how meditation you know rewires the brain in all these positive ways and you know it's um, it's you're you're literally changing your your physiology and your in your brain when you're when you're practicing um you know this simple act of of sitting quietly and and you know trying to to foster inner peace and of course you know focusing on your breath or whatever method you're using um it is you know it's doing things on so many levels that benefit your your physiology and and like i said i always found that one really fascinating the fact that you know, it's actually re rewiring your brain to, to, you know, create more happiness and peace in your life. Yeah, the, the brain is such a fascinating part of the, the human uh, robot, right? It's yeah, right, right. So powerful. And, you know, I, I didn't even think about this before or reflect on this before, but at Lightning in a Bottle, I was having a conversation with Nassim Harmin, the scientist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was uh, talking to me about how the brain is 90% water. And yeah, right. I, I didn't even 
even think about that or didn't even know that. But now that I know that most of my brain is water and that yeah. the, these electrical currents are shooting in between the synapses of my nerves are going yeah. through water, it just makes so much more sense. And all that, we all know that water holds uh, energetic electricity as well. So as we start Absolutely. like shifting our perspective, the entire water container inside our head shifts energetically as well, electrically in its charge. And that has an impact our, on our entire body. Absolutely. And, and, you know, I'm assuming you're familiar with the studies by uh, Dr. Masuro Emoto uh, in his book, The Message in Water. And are, are you familiar with that all at all, where, where monks blessed and meditated uh, on water and apparently changed the molecular structure uh, when viewed under a microscope? They would look at it before the water, you know, molecules before the, the, the meditation or the blessing uh, where this intention, positive intention was sent to the actual water molecules. And then they'd look at it under a microscope. It looked like a beautiful snowflake afterwards. It literally changed the structure. And, and then vice versa, where they would actually send like, you know, uh, negative energy, uh, you know, put it in a bottle with I hate you and things like that written on it. And then they look at it and it looks totally distorted, um, you know, which is a, is a great, once again, to tie back into, you know, if you want to talk about the science of this stuff, um, that was a, a fascinating study. And, and like I said, the, the book, I believe it's called The Message in Water, um, is all about that. And, and so, you know, I don't know if you're familiar with it or not, but it made me think of it instantly when you started talking about, you know, our brain being 90% water. Because even, they even talk about it in uh, the movie uh, uh, or documentary, What, what the Bleep Do We Know?, and, uh, you know, it, it kind of goes through the whole study a little bit in one part of that documentary. And uh, then they kind of correlate that to, well, if, you know, our thoughts can do this to water and we're made of, you know, whatever, 90 percent water, our brains are 90 percent water. What does our what do our thoughts do to us? Right. Pretty, yeah. Pretty fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. What, what, what the bleep was uh, one of the the early. uh documentaries that watched I watched that had a huge impact on me in, in my early 20s I recommend it for anyone who's, who's first getting into meditation or consciousness it's huge yeah absolutely it's a, it does a great job of tying together kind of the science um, you know with spirit so to speak and and helping you to understand how you are creating your reality with your thoughts and you know how important it is what your what kind of you know vibration you're emanating from your because that's really all we are, right? We're 99.999% space. The particles that make us up that we call quote-unquote solid are not solid at all. They're vibrations of energy popping in and out of existence. We don't really know where they come from or where they go to, but <laughs> they're intelligent when they show up here. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, everything is, is, is a vibration. And, you know, it's, if, you're, if you're harping on negative, you know, vibrations and, and lowering it, your own, you know, vibrations with negative thoughts and so forth and negative activities, then it's going to mirror back in the external mirror, right? If you're, if you're doing things like meditation and, and things that are positive for the planet, like you're doing, I'm, you're going to find peace and happiness and, you know, uh, a reflection of that. So it's, it's really amazing once you kind of start understanding this stuff, how much control, so many people feel disempowered out there. And, and we really actually have 
all all the power inside of us. Yeah, we're like a, an electric force, you know, and <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, and and you know, like I, I I've been meditating for wow, well, I'm 34 now, so uh, you know, over 13 years now. And uh-huh. I, even though I experience like deeper states of bliss and happiness and joy than ever before, I also experience more challenge and pain and stretching to the limits and breaking through barriers than I've ever experienced before too. So I'm not right. even certain that in the human experience, no matter how much I meditate, that I'll ever uh, be uh, avoidance of, of pain. Um, right, right. Uh, but... Uh, but now I, I know that like, if I just face it head on with like my deepest self and with these practices that I have and with an, a willingness and an openness that, that I'll get to the light at the end of the tunnel. And every time I go through, uh, a challenge or, you know, a, a restriction inside myself, when I get to the other side, I'm stronger and more powerful than I've ever been. That's that's a, such a great point because it, it really isn't about avoiding the ups and downs. It's about understanding, you know, the peaks and valleys. And when you have this perspective, you know, the perspective perspective that you're sharing, as you're going through a valley, you know it's actually you've you've learned through experience now that it's it's really a, a lump of coal that's you know uh, it's a diamond in disguise, right? So as you move through it and you have the courage and intention to move through whatever the trial or tribulation is, instead of saying, oh, I'm a victim and poor me and my life sucks, you're, you're going through it like head on, like you said, um, with, with courage, you come out the other side and it, you realize it's, you know, if it's really, at least in my own life, I, I always have realized, wow, that was a, that thorn in my side was really uh, leading me to a, a greater strength in some way. And yeah. I think that's the difference between, you know, self-deprecation and poor me and I'm a victim and embracing, you know, the the ebbs and flows of, of the human experience, right? Yeah, and, and something that uh, I just remembered very powerfully while you were sharing what you're sharing is that every painful spot that I go through uh, or every transition that I go through or every, you know, like – Ah, there's sometimes where I'm just like have like you know I'm a I'm a man you know so I have like sometimes mm-hmm. I have a lot of rage moving through me right sure and, and when I go through it through these these places you know and through these these rough patches in life what really is apparent to me is like whoa this has always existed inside me and yeah. I'm glad this is a blessing that it's coming to the surface so it can be released and be gone yeah. forever. So right. whenever something's happening in my life, I see it as a gift. Like one of my, my deepest teachers in my life, was, uh, you know, really, uh, you know, shared the perspective with me that everything in our life happens for us. It doesn't happen mm-hmm. to us. Right. I love that statement. Yeah. Life is happening uh, for us, not to us. Right. Yeah. Everything's an opportunity to heal uh, or, and to get to a new place, a new perspective where we can then experience life more fully. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love that concept. It, it's a concept that changes everything. It really does. And, and, you know, meditation is just a tool that helps to integrate that sort of perspective 
in, into your into your world in, in my experience and you know I, I'm on to be perfectly honest I'm not as disciplined as I'd like to be with it although I am in the process of um, setting up a, a room in my house that is just for the purpose of meditating and uh, my partner is a energy healer and so doing things like that in the space so I'm super excited I mean the last week of my life has been you know kind of getting that whole set up for that purpose specifically so that's one thing that I think is going to help me greatly is having, and you'd probably agree with this recommendation, create a space that is specifically for your, your practice, your, your meditation practice. Um, so that's something that I'm personally trying to do to, to, you know, step up my game, so to speak. I don't know how, how often do you, do you meditate? You said uh, it's been 13 years. Is it a, a daily, multiple times daily, weekly? You know, what, what is it for you? Yeah, so it, it continues to evolve and grow. At the at the current moment, uh, I wake up at four o'clock every morning, oh, and wow. and I get up and, and I meditate for twenty to thirty minutes, mm-hmm. uh, and then I and then I lay back down, <laughs> and mm-hmm. I just go into that like super blissful morning cuddling with my soul. <laughs> for right. you know, right. just that feeling when you hit the snooze button is like the waking up at four o'clock and meditating and then going back to sleep is like hitting the most ultimate snooze button. Wow. And uh, and then and then I get up somewhere around seven thirty, sometimes mm-hmm. earlier, somewhere between six thirty and eight usually. Mm-hmm. And uh, I get up and I meditate for another twenty to thirty minutes. Wow. And uh, I am a very physical being, so after that. I put on my running shoes and I get outside and I walk mm-hmm. and I jog mm-hmm. and I stretch. And I do push-ups. I swim and I, I move my meditation like into my body. And you know, Wonderful. I'll I'll think of like a specific emotion that I want to embody for the day, and I'll just sprint that emotion into my body. Or I'll oh, be doing cool. push push-ups and I'll think of like a vision of something I want to create in my life or how I want a specific meeting to go. And I'll do my push-ups with that intention and just infusing and visualizing exactly what I want to create. Brilliant. Or, or I'll have like a, a fear that I have coming up in my life that I want, I want to let go of. And I'll just hold that fear like tight in my fist and I'll just run into the water and as I'm running to water just completely let go of that fear Uh, so I kind of like I'm a physical so I like to like my meditative practice becomes very physical Uh, Mm -hmm. and and then and then and then when I jog or I walk back I kind of shift my focus from going internal to start uh, to kind of create my day and thinking of all the external things so the first part of my practice is very much about getting as deep as I can. And then the second part of my practice is about bringing that new perspective into all the meetings that I have for the day. So I start wow. thinking about all the tasks I want to accomplish, all the people I'm going to meet with, and start uh, creating how I want those outcomes to be. Wow, uh, that's that's super inspiring. And uh, you know, then I get back and uh, get ready for the day. I make myself something in the morning to drink that intentionally is for upgrading my body and making my body mm-hmm. as healthy as possible. So mm-hmm. whatever that is for you, go for it, you know, like research yeah. it. And, you know, it's important for the first thing that goes in our body every day to be about like making it as healthy and vibrant as possible. Uh, and then every day at noon, one o'clock and two o'clock, my alarm goes off 
uh, mm-hmm. on my phone, and no matter what I'm doing, I pause and I take three breaths, mm-hmm. just to like recenter and, and reconnect, and then I dive back into my day. And then wow. somewhere between three and four o'clock, I'll I'll meditate for twenty minutes, or I'll take a, a nap for twenty to thirty minutes. Mm-hmm. And then and then at night before I go to bed, I do some journaling and reflecting, uh, and and I meditate, but my meditation at night is more of a prayer. Like I, 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 I ask every cell in my body, every uh, layer of my being, to to open up to healing while I'm asleep. Uh, or if there's something, some type of insight I want to gain, I'll I'll ask my mind and and my heart to to open up to. Uh, for example, like a specific idea while I'm asleep to solve this specific business opportunity mm-hmm. or business challenging that I'm facing. Uh, and I kind of wow. send my, my mind and my consciousness on a journey while I'm asleep. Uh, and then wow. I always end the day with just gratitude, just the feeling of, of gratitude. Uh, and for, for me, meditation uh, is very physical, right? As I mentioned. So I always like, I, I'm going to take 12 breaths right now just focused on the feeling of gratitude or three breaths. I always do something that I know is going to be simple and achievable. And then if, mm-hmm. if I feel inspired to do more, I do more. Wow. And uh, that's, what, uh, that's my current daily practice of, of meditation intention. That is a uh, very uh, inspiring and admirable. And if anyone wants an example of how you, uh, consciously create your your life and in, in reality and and you know that is that's wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing. Yeah, you're, you're welcome. And it took a while to build up to here. You know, it, it was yeah, uh, and know, that's I, what works for you. And that you came up with that. It's not like there's a right way or wrong. If you did less or more, it's like you figured out your own unique kind of plan over time. And is what it sounds like. And, and I think that's important for people to realize because that, that is probably intimidating to someone who's starting out. And it's like, I'm sure you didn't start out that way, right? No, yeah, I didn't. I, I, I started out in my early days uh, meditating once a week when I went to a meditation class with one of my earliest teachers. Yeah, and it built, it built from there. Yeah. And I really only started yeah. meditating every day uh, about four or five years ago. And I was raised a Christian, a Catholic, actually, mm-hmm. and I mm-hmm. I rebelled against that in my early years. And you know, mm-hmm. since Me too. my twenties, <laughs> I've kind of embraced all all the the beauty and gifts of all spiritual lineages. Uh, but I was hanging out with two girlfriends of mine, and it was like Ash Wednesday or something like that. And they're like, "So what are you gonna give up for Lent?" And uh, I was like, "You know what? I don't think I'm gonna give something up. But I'm gonna commit to something." And every yeah. morning for the next 40 days, I'm going to meditate for at least 10 minutes. Wow. And, and I did it. And ever since that Lent, I've been, five years ago, I've been meditating every day with the exception of maybe 40 days. Wow. Wow, that's, that's impressive. I mean, you definitely got the discipline and the drive and, uh, you know, definitely an inspiration and great example for people out there looking to create more. I know for myself to create more discipline in my own life, uh, it's definitely inspiring. I, I've heard it 
said, in order for us to turn this planet around and stop us from destroying ourselves, you know, as a civilization, before it's too late, we got to reach a, a critical mass of, and you've probably heard something like this, we need to reach a critical mass of people becoming aware and, and consciously seeking and intending peace and unification on the planet. Uh, wh- what do you think about this concept? And is this something that pl- has played it all into your, um, you know, your goals, uh, something you'd like to achieve w- with Unify? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. That does, does come up pretty often. Uh, Mm -hmm. my, my belief is that human society is heading in the direction of unification and collaboration, uh, and co-creation and, uh, harmony, uh, and that it's, it's building and it's accelerating. Uh, and I don't take, I, in my life, the mentality of, I got to do this, otherwise everything's going to collapse. I'm going to do this so I don't experience pain. Uh, Because if I do something to avoid pain or I do something to avoid collapse, then I've noticed that what I'm doing is I'm just really uh, kind of pushing against something that I'm hiding from. Uh, Sure versus facing my fear of of what's happening and what's possible, uh, making logical decisions on, you know, prepare for for the worst, uh, and and believe in, you know, in in what's possible and go for what's possible. And, um, but I I do believe that uh, it, there is a critical mass that is building and that, that the world is transforming uh, and the 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 pain and the corruption and the killing and uh, all that that we are witnessing on our planet is actually lower as a percentage of population than it's ever been. Like right. the you know the Middle Ages were freaking nuts, but yeah, we didn't, right. We didn't have media and access to everything that's happening. Where now we exactly. have access and know everything, all the corruption, all that's coming to the surface to be healed, right. um, which is beautiful. And I think that there is a wave of good that's happening on the planet. And even if the economy crashes, because I mean, everybody knows that our econo- the world economy, the world currency system is a creation of man, right? Absolutely. And it... Um, it's built uh, on uh, it's on it's on you know many people believe it's on very thin ice. I believe yes. that it's a very thick piece of ice uh, right. that uh, is cracking, uh, but that the the new systems, the new emergence, the new consciousness, the new uh, ways of life are growing so quickly and deepening. Uh, in their roots in such a way that even if there is a collapse, there's going to be a big enough wave for people to turn to for what's possible. Yeah. Right. Uh, and I'm hoping it doesn't take a collapse. I hope that uh, we, we, that there isn't resistance. And I think it's going to become very uh, apparent on, on, a, on a higher mass uh, level that we could either allow ourselves to receive and experience love, experience joy, experience connection, 
or we could resist it and experience pain. And I think that, right. I don't know if, if our, our world or our sun or the, you know, the galaxy is going through like a brand new, you know, place in the universe where the, the energetic forces are stronger, but it seems as we, as we propel through the universe, entering a new uh, vibrational kind of region. Is that, is that what you're suggesting? Yeah. I'm just, I don't, I don't know. Cause I haven't done enough research myself, uh, but I, I feel that, it's just going to become so apparent that like we either resist the electromagnetic uh, force that's moving through us down from the stars and connecting to the core of our earth and back up mm -hmm. again uh, mm -hmm. and experience pain or we allow it to flow. And, you know, the potential is, you know, heaven on earth, you know, absolutely. And, and um, so I don't know. I still, but then I, you know, I visit third world countries and I see the deep amounts of depression and manipulation that's way worse than here in the U.S. And I'm like, how is this society going to transform? But I, I, but then in those societies, I realize and see that since there is so much more control by the people at the top, as soon as the people at the top start transforming and waking right. up from the inside out then the entire right. society within like an instant could grow and evolve, you know, to match sure. that. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful. Uh, and, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people think that I'm naive, especially my dad and my uncles and, you know, <laughs> the people right. in my nuclear family. Uh, yeah. but, uh, I, I know enough and met enough people to see the transformation happening in all sectors of society. Absolutely. I, I've been on this sort of, you know, path of, um, I guess, spiritual growth and understanding the connectedness of all things and, and it, for, for quite some time. And it was, you know, I often say, you know, for the first 15 years of that journey for me, I would talk about these sorts of subjects and um, people would say, okay, that's really interesting or you're crazy. And now it's, you know, my days are filled with talking with people like you and going to transformational festivals where people are as passionate about the subject and know more than I do. And, you know, it's, um, it's, I, I've definitely in my own journey seen such a um, inspiring shift in people, you know, and people coming online. I mean, I can think of instances in the last week in my own life where someone was on, you know, this very kind of dark path and having a conversation with them at just the right time in their own journey where just like all of a sudden the light bulb goes on and they're completely seeing the world through a new set of eyes. And I feel like this is happening on a mass scale uh, right now. And I, I think those that aren't really in that, you know, um, in that circle, so to speak, speak or, or they're still kind of in the old energy patterns and the old vibration, it seems completely foreign and, you know, unlikely and, you know, you're, you're unrealistic, but, uh, I'm with you. I am very inspired and encouraged. Awesome. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm even witnessing and in, in friends that I went to high school with that, uh, you know, that they're, they, you know, they're pretty well off. They're doing well in business and, uh, but they're like, you know, they're in their mid thirties now and they're like, mm -hmm. you know what? Like, I, you know, I, I just, all I want to do is hang out on my ranch with my kid and my wife and just yeah. ch chill and fish and be like, I don't care about, yeah. you know, conquering the world. 
And it's amazing just to even, you know, see people that aren't even, you know, you know, they're in there, you know, it's just, I, I have no words for the amount of people that I'm seeing that are completely unexpected starting to open up. Shift their to, perspective. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, it is. It's an exciting time to be alive. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I think uh, what you're doing is playing such a, a crucial role. It's like, such, seems like such a necessary you know, staple, uh, something that needs to be a part of the formula. So I, I definitely commend what you're doing. And, you know, one thing that I was curious to, to ask you also, I'm sure you're, you're, you're must be familiar with the story where a group of meditators set out with the aim of, and I think even we, we mentioned what the bloop do we know, the documentary, I think they talk about it in that, if I recall, it's been a few years since I've seen it where, you know, a group of meditators set out with aim of reducing crime in Washington, DC. I think it was like, you know, the summer of 93 and, um, you know, people were collectively uh, meditating over like a two month period. This experiment had started with a few hundred, I want to say, you know, 800 or so meditators grew up into the thousands, uh, three, 4,000 uh, meditators by the end of the, the seven week period. And, you know, because they had conducted the same kind of, of experiment previously, they knew they would achieve a 20% success rate in crime reduction simply from meditating on the intention to do so. And at the outset of the experiment, they announced publicly that their efforts would have this, you know, this sort of success, uh, 20% reducing crime in Washington, D.C. over the summer. Before the project began, violent crime had steadily been on the rise the first five months of, of that year, I, I remember. And, you know, with uh, the onset of summer, which always has the highest crime rates uh, of the year there, the prediction seemed ludicrous to many as crime was only expected to increase over the time period. Um, and, and, of course, the, famously, the prediction was ridiculed by the chief of police who stated, you know, the only thing that would possibly reduce crime by 20 percent in, in Washington, D.C. that summer would be 20 inches of snow. And in the end, the most significant reduction occurred uh, near the end of the experiment when the group of meditators was at its largest. And the result was 23 you know, percent uh, or so reduction in crime. Uh, they actually, you know, a little bit more than 20%. Uh, as the size of the meditation group grew, the crime rate consistently dropped, you know, in parallel week after week. Um, so I find that sort of, you know, intention, uh, intentional meditation really fascinating. And, uh, I, you know, just as a demonstration of the power of what we can do when we all come together and, and you know, um, as one of my uh, favorite teachers, you may be familiar with Osho says, don't just do something, sit there. <laughs> you know, you get these group of people sitting there and actually doing work, so to speak, on a, on a level beyond, you know, uh, physical action is just a, it's a fascinating concept. Uh, are you, I'm assuming you're familiar with that, that account. Yeah, I, I am. I am familiar with uh, those studies and it's amazing because that gives a lot of, uh, justification for you know what we do with these global synchronized meditations, and you know we have a strong belief that it's it's having an impact. Uh, and number one, it's having an impact on us as individuals. You know, there are studies that show that meditating in groups of people, in large groups of people, has an actual uh, biophysical impact on on our own health and our own state of being. Uh, right. And I think. You know, then the byproduct is is that you know we were like we were we were talking earlier we're we're a bunch of electrons and every time right. our heart beats it's actually you know sending out an electrical impulse 
out into the world. And when right. many of us get together, they've shown in studies, right, that the brain waves start syncing up, the heart beats start syncing up. And so we're, when we come together, we're sending an electrical pulse like out into the world. And the electrical right. pulse is going in all directions. And so it's yep. having a very subtle impact. Right. And then when, when we, we couple that with a specific focus and a specific intention, uh, it's, it's very, very, very potent. Uh, and this is one part that uh, I, I've uh, tried to stay away from, actually, uh, mm -hmm. is to have our global meditations focused on something right. because mm -hmm. I've learned that a lot of times the focuses that we choose again are to avoid pain or to mm -hmm. fix something that's wrong. Where mm -hmm. I have found that if we just take the time to connect and to right. heal and and meditate and go deep, that naturally the electromagnetic impulse that's sent into the world will benefit all of us uh, rather than trying to pinpoint it or box it to something specific. Uh, right. it, it may be it's more of a longer-term approach. Uh, Interesting. But, yeah, but I do also believe that one day the global meditation movement uh, will be uh, invited to have specific intention like I will be as bold as to say that, you know, before uh, we decide to go to war or the UN decides to go into Yugoslavia to prevent or stop a conflict, that a global meditation uh, may have an impact on creating a solution. Uh, and, and I think right. even beyond just the, the energetic potential of it, uh, just the fact that, let's say, the, the, whatever conflict is happening in the, that part of the world and the two leaders or the two factions that are creating the conflict know that there are millions of people around the world that are praying and meditating for the ultimate outcome. That in itself has an impact on them in coming up with a solution. Absolutely. Very, very um, insightful and interesting perspective on that. Um, now yeah. I, I also noticed on your, uh, about page on, uh, Facebook, you say, uh, in, in regards to the synchronized event that we invite all people to meditate, host local ceremonies, pray and align with source in their own way. And, uh, I was curious, what, what is the, your definition of source? Yeah. You know, I've alluded to it a couple times on, on this on this interview for for me I'm a very scientific person so for me mm -hmm. uh, the the source is a com is a combination of all the energetic forces that are happening right here right now inside me you know the the mm -hmm. combination of all the the people that are in in my field that all have mm -hmm. their own electromagnetic pulse on me right mm -hmm. the the trees the animals the 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 weather you know the the wind has is electric right and then right, right. the just the gravity of the earth you know has a strong impact on me and then the earth itself also 
has like a, a beat, like the, the core of the earth is like undul- spinning, right? Undulating. Right. And with every right. undulation, there's like a, uh, a wave of energy that's sent out and, it, and that moving through my body and moving through our bodies. Uh, and then there's like the, the force uh, that's coming down from above, from the stars and the galaxy and the universe that uh, I experience as like a bright white light that, that yeah. moves through me. Right, that as right. I start going through deeper and deeper states of meditation, I witness and I see more clearly. And that force coming down from above uh, mixes with the force coming from the earth in different parts of right. my body in different ways. And then also, there's a really, 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 really subtle force that's pulling me up towards uh, the heavens, towards the universe that that I experience. And so, the combination of all these forces for me is what what god is is what source is is what like the you know the force of nature is for me right very very interesting cool thank you for for elaborating on that so this brings me to a question that i love to ask uh, all my my guests um as my listeners know, I'm very fascinated with stories of synchronicity or serendipity or, you know, positive paranormal events. And so uh, I would like to ask you, Patrick, any story of synchronicity or, you know, positive paranormal kind of event that you would uh, like to share with us? Huh. Uh, so uh, I believe that every connection that I have is a paranormal event because <laughs> I've just learned, learned that every human that I come in connection with somehow leads to something. Uh, and yeah. one of the most important uh, times of my life that this happened uh, and uh, is, let's see, I was 17 years old mm-hmm. and uh, our family was going on a cruise, right? Uh-huh. And in the Caribbean. And the and the and the cruise uh, ship two weeks before our cruise got into some type of crash or whatever. It was no mm-hmm. one died. It wasn't like a big deal. But the cruise line got canceled. Our cruise got canceled, and so we got put on on another cruise a week later, a different ship. And okay. and on that ship, I I fell in love with a girl that okay. li- that lived in Houston, Texas. I grew up in Los Angeles. And I would go visit her, and uh, I uh, I became friends with her friends, and then mm-hmm. a couple of years later, a couple of her friends were out in California visiting on spring break, and I became mm-hmm. closer friends with one of them, and that that one of them came out that summer to stay uh, at my dad's house because uh, she was exploring uh, getting into the fashion industry, and. Okay. Her, she went, was going to Texas A&M at the time. Her sorority sister was out in Los Angeles as well doing an internship at a, a talent agency, right, in Hollywood. Uh-huh. And she was staying at her grandfather's house. And I was hanging out with them, and she was telling me about uh, her aunt, Mm-hmm. And who was just got flown out to uh, this house, uh, her grandfather's house, her aunt's father's house, right? Uh, mm-hmm. she, she was from Texas, had been completely sick, was on chemotherapy, and her father flew her out to Beverly Hills to get a whole new set of doctors. Right. And 
there and just the day before I had just written down in my journal like the ideal uh you know divine woman I would have in my life, right? And I right. just I wrote it all down, you know, exactly exactly. And then when uh, this person was telling me about her aunt and what she was going through. There was like something inside me that just drew me to connect with this woman. Right. Right. And I, I ended up connecting with this woman and it was just like, it was just the, at the time in my life, it was like the absolute deepest, clearest connection I've ever experienced in my entire life. And it wow. went really, really, really deep. And within three months, we found out she was three months pregnant with, wow. Uh, who are now our 11-year-old twin boys. Wow. Yeah. And that, thing, and that connection, uh, stimul- I was going through, I was 21 at the time. I was going through a huge, it was right after my huge spiritual awakening. And she was going through this whole experience of letting go of her whole past life and, and finding out how to heal herself. And we just went into this deep, deep committed portal with each other of focusing each other's growth on each other's evolution, on each other's healing. And then the boys came into the play and deepened that whole path. And and she and I together went through this portal of growth and healing and evolution. And, and then, and then we came out the other side and now we're no longer together, but we're really, really Mm -hmm. close friends. Uh, right. And we have the most amazing sons that uh, I know were divinely, you know, supposed to be here. Uh, sure. And uh, and this all started from a cruise ship that crashed into a coral reef, and so we <laughs> ended up on another cruise ship. Isn't that uh, incredible? Yeah. And and you know, my boys and their mom and everyone is who brought me to Austin, uh, which took me on the path of my career, which took me on the path to India, which took me on the path to organize an event here at the Capitol in Austin, which led to everything that I'm up to. Wow. So it's Isn't just, that incredible? Yeah, like every little person I meet, or uh, not a little, every person I meet or situation I in, I'm in feels like it's a perfect, piece of the puzzle that opens up the door for the opportunity that is my life. Absolutely. And I I can really relate to what you're saying about having a, you know, just a strong feeling about this particular person. That that's something that's gotten very pronounced in my own life as I've, you know, progressed, I guess you could say spiritually and grown and evolved and uh, as I like to call it, taken out the trash, gotten out, of, rid of the blockages in myself. And of course, it's an ongoing process. So I'm by no means uh, an enlightened master at this point, but I've made great progress compared to maybe where I was a year ago or 10 years ago. And as as I continue to progress, I find I, I have just a very clear knowing about when I meet someone, you know, it's happened to me so many times at this point, I, I it, it went from being really interesting to kind of par for course. It's like, oh, I'm getting that feeling that this person is significant to me or going to be significant to me. Sometimes I'll get chills from head to toe. And, you know, next thing I know, sometimes it'll even be over years, years ahead of time. I'll have just this person is very intriguing to me. I feel drawn to them. I have no connection. And next thing you know, they're, you know, camping next to me at an event or something, you know, they just keep in, in coming into my circle until it's made aware why I felt that way. 
And uh, so I can really relate to having that sort of a feeling. And it's, it's really fascinating when you look back and see those little events that made such a huge difference, uh, you know, in our, in our life story. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's life is such an amazing adventure and experiment and truly is. Yeah. You, I'm just, this conversation is really helping me feel so much, so much gratitude and just, I'll just, I just bow down to, you know, the, the, the force of, of creation that really does, does all this, you know, it's just so magnificent. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Patrick, this has been an absolute pleasure connecting with you and you're such an inspiring individual. And, you know, I I feel the exact same way. I've gotten so many great, uh, inspiring, you know, uh, ideas and bits of information from you. And I'm sure my audience uh, feels the same way. So thank you so much for, for joining me on this. And, um, you know, before I do let you go, I always like to ask one kind of final put, put, people on the spot question and something tells me with you, it's not going to be too much of a put on the spot. I'm pretty sure you're going to wing it just fine. But I always like to ask people the very simple question of what is the meaning of life to you? (sighs) Hmm. I think, I think that honestly the meaning of life or the purpose of life is to, is to connect deeply to ourselves and connect deeply to to people in our lives and mm-hmm. connect deeply to every everything in our lives as as much as we can in every moment and uh, evolve and grow and and commit to to service to to ourselves first and and then to everyone around us and and to be of, I think the the purpose of life is really to be of service and not try and control. Really, just to allow uh, the goodness of life to move through us and create through us. Wonderfully said. As I knew, it wouldn't stump you at all. But <laughs> uh, I appreciate you. Got to appreciate my efforts. No, I didn't want to stump you. I I knew it would come particularly easy for you. So. You know, thank you so much once again, Patrick. This has been absolutely an incredible experience connecting with you further. And, you know, I look forward to seeing uh, Unify continue to grow and and uh, blossom into the consciousness changing and raising uh, organization that it already is. So, um, yeah, thank you again. You're so welcome. And by, by the way, I, I did pause for a while. I was stumped for a moment before the, the words came out. So thank you, because that, that actually caused me to, to feel more deeply into what my purpose and what the meaning of life is. So thank you for... You could for, hear it. Huh. Yes. You could hear it. I mean, you could hear it in the pause. I mean, it, honestly, it's like you can tell this person is really taking the, the question seriously and going within. And so it, it was a, it was, it's a great, a great pause. So awesome. I see it as a perfect uh, addition. So Patrick, thanks again. Until next time. Remember, as long as you ain't dead, you're already positive ahead. Take care, everyone.